Welcome to another edition to Sounds of Grace. This pre-recorded program is brought to you by the First Baptist Church of Independence. We'd like to invite you to attend our services. Sunday school for all ages at 10 o'clock a.m. Sunday worship service is 11 o'clock a.m. And Sunday evening service is 6 o'clock p.m. Midweek prayer and Bible studies at 7 o'clock p.m. If you believe what the Bible teaches, attend a church that teaches the Bible. 370, we'll sing first, second, and last stanza. So stand while we sing. When upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed, when you are discouraged thinking all is lost, count your many blessings angels will attend. Help and comfort give you to your journey's end. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God hath done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. Are you ever burdened with a load of care? Does the cross seem heavy you are called to bear? Count your many blessings, every doubt will fly. And you will be singing as the days go by. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God hath done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. So amid the conflict, whether great or small, do not be discouraged, God is over all. Count your many blessings, angels will attend. Help and comfort give you to your journey's end. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. Be seated, please. Thank everyone for coming out tonight. What a blessing. What a blessing. Uh, So good to worship God, whether you're in his presence at church or in a car moving down the road or in a dark spot in the corner of your house just doesn't matter it's a it's a blessing and uh, from our hearts we need to realize that this is what God wants he wants us to talk to him as much as possible when we have time our reading this evening will be from first Peter and it'll come from chapter 4 first Peter chapter 4 
and I had uh, I had a different scripture marked, and it was split. So this one will take care of. Uh, we're just going to read the whole chapter, be nineteen verses. For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. For he that suffered in the flesh hath ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. For the time past of our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lasciviousness, lust, excess of wine, reveling, banqueting, and abominable idolatries, wherein they think it strange that ye run not with them to the same excess of right speaking evil of you. Who shall give account to him that is ready to judge the quick and the dead? For, for this cause was the gospel preached also to them that are dead, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the spirit. But the end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore sober and watch unto prayer. And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. Use hospitality one to another without grudging, as every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to the other. As good stewards of the manifold grace of God, if any man speak, let him speak, as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fierce trials which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you, but rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with extreme, with exceeding joy. If ye be reproached or suffer for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the Spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part, he is evil spoken of, but on your part, he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief or as an evildoer or as a busybody in other men's matters. Yet it may, yet it Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. For the time now has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. 
And if it first begin at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteousness scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Let's have a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, as we come to the throne tonight, we, we understand, Lord, that in our hearts we know and we have read that you are the true and living God, the only one, Lord. We, we look at you tonight, Lord, and we are at awe every time your name is mentioned, Lord, because in our hearts it has been proved already, Lord, that you are who you say you are, Father, the God of all things, Lord. We think of the first words in the scripture. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. For who is man that can't believe these words, Lord? We thank you, Father, for your scriptures. We thank you for the Bible that not only teaches us, but it guides us, it saves us, it, uh, it gives us a chance to glorify you, Lord. In it, Lord, all things are. <laughs> and Lord, we just, we think of it, Lord, and our hearts are so happy when we have that hour to put aside or maybe a few minutes sometimes, Lord, just to be grateful, Father, that you live there, that you abide in us, Father, and we in you, Lord. My goodness, Lord, how precious. We thank you, Lord, for this this minute and we asked you to uh, be with Brother Tim now as he exposes the scripture to our hearts. May we have that transformation of belief and the passing to our heart and words that are kept for reference in this dangerous world, Lord, that we have to live in, Father. May we keep our hearts guarded at all times. And may we walk with you, Father, in your presence with love and thinking of the other more highly than ourselves, Father. Be with those requests that are mentioned today, Lord. And we pray for the sick and the afflicted, Lord. And uh, forgive us, Father, of our unrighteousness, our selfish ways, our uh, inability to provide perfection, Lord, to you, but may you uh, convict us when we are sinners, Lord, and uh, give us a opportunity, Father, to come to thee in, in thy presence, Lord, and be forgiven, Father. We are grateful, Lord. Be with us now, Lord, we pray, and watch over them that could not make it today, Lord. We ask you for the ones that are traveling, the ones that uh, have issues, Lord, to uh, just to unfold their minds and let them know that uh, you're in charge of all things, Lord. We thank you again, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 
see you. Um, a couple of different things going on. Uh, don't forget that uh, for those of you that are able, uh, don't forget tomorrow at 1030 uh, or at 10, uh, the plans are uh, to meet and then um, go down and uh, do uh, um, uh, pass out tracks at the Memorial Day Parade. Um, and then don't forget, uh, you know, the rest is the rest is there. Uh and don't forget, just next Sunday, I would say uh, Coffee and Donut Fellowship at 945 in, in the back. So that's really, uh, the rest is there. I um, encourage you to read it. Uh, just make note of all the things going on. And then um, <clears throat> the uh, prayer requests, I know we, we have a lot of things. We had a, had a good day uh, today with uh, Brother uh, Todd sharing this morning in Sunday school about uh, their their ministry there in Peru and what perhaps God may be doing next. So I want to continue to pray for pray for them as God uh, we, that God would lead them in this time, and then um, that uh, God would continue to 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 work and move in our midst as a church as a congregation that uh, God would, would continue to, to, to work and use us for his glory. Um, we, we want to be in prayer for our nation, uh, for our government leaders, uh, for our state, and our, for our state leaders, uh, and uh, for our local uh, leaders as well, as well as our military and law enforcement personnel, firefighters, and, and other first responders. And as always, we, we want to pray for the, uh, the, the horrific and evil uh, actions of a um, of the young man down in Uvalde, Texas. Um, we want to ask that uh, we want to be in prayer for those families and for uh, for God to be uh, to to use this as a as a as an opportunity for the gospel to spread in the midst of such horrific evil and vile um, uh, wickedness. And so, to that end, then uh, I want to uh, just call your attention to also pray for those on the prayer list here. You see, you can read them and hopefully use them to uh, to be in prayer for uh, for each one uh, of these. Uh, in the meantime, I'm going to ask at this time that uh, uh, to do two things. One, um, please uh, just continue to remember uh, Diane. I finally talked her into letting me take her to the doctor, but she won't go till tomorrow because that's my wife. And two, um, want to uh, just encourage us to uh, uh, to honor Christ in um, in this time to, as we pray together. So, Father. We are thankful for uh, your mercy and your grace, for all that you have done for us and your mercy that you have bestowed upon us. And so now as we gather again this day on this Lord's Day, um, may you be honored uh, in, our, uh, in this time tonight, in the sermon, in our, um, in our singing, and in, our, um, in everything that we've done already. May it be for your honor and glory. Uh, we continue to remember Brother, uh, Brother Marks and his family. Thank you for their faithful service over the last 20-plus years there in Peru. And as they look forward to the future and what it may involve, may you bless them and help them and keep them and use them for your glory. And I pray that you would continue to use us to be a blessing to them as we support them and help them and encourage them and pray for them. And not just only them, but also all of our missionaries. Uh, we are thankful that you have given us an opportunity to pray for and to be a part of um, supporting these missionaries. And so as we look out into a dark world, we see ever more pressing the need for us to shine as lights in this dark world. May you help us to do that. And may you help us to... Uh, to, to preach the gospel, share the gospel uh, in all ways that are possible. May you bring people to faith in Christ, and may your name be glorified, we pray now in Jesus' name.
If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to the book of Ephesians. Now, I will tell you that this isn't going to be um, necessarily a traditional um, series through the book of Ephesians, right? So what, uh, what we are doing ultimately is we are going to be preaching a series on the family. But in order to do that, I um, want to give you over the next couple of weeks just sort of um, a, a summary of uh, the book of Ephesians, of how we end up getting to why Paul commands uh, the, the church at Ephesus here to, to uh, um, how, how he commands them to function and act in light of the gospel and how he calls them to relate to one another as, um, as God has created the family unit. We know that God has created three, uh, three entities within our society, uh, uh, the, the family, the church, and the, the civil government. And so each one of these spheres act in, in their own specific ways. Some of them overlap, um, but uh, in Ephesians, Paul actually deals with all three of these spheres. Um, and so um, if you have your Bible, and I hope that you do, please go ahead and turn with me to the book of Ephesians, chapter 1. And we will look, uh, we'll just read uh, the first, uh, <clears throat> the first uh, three verses of Ephesians 1, and then we'll just do a, uh, a broad over, overview of, of Ephesians, and we'll, uh, we'll read uh, from Ephesians chapter 1 as appropriate. So if you're physically able to do so, would you please stand with me as we honor the reading of God's holy and written word. Ephesians uh, chapter 1, uh, reading the first three verses, this is the word of the Lord given to us tonight. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God to the saints which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your for all that you have done for us, your uh, your your gospel that you've given to us, your mercy that you have uh, just lavished upon us, uh, your, uh, your, your love, your mercy, your grace, your peace, all things. And, oh God, we pray now for this time in your word. May it be a blessing. Uh, may, may it cause us to be uh, just encouraged uh, as, as we behold you for who you truly are in this, uh, in this first passage of scripture, this first chapter. And may you guide our hearts in understanding in the fear of the Lord. And in wisdom we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Can be seated. Um, so, uh, the book of Ephesians, I'm sure you probably know it well. I, I'm going to say that you do. Um, but I do still want to give you just a, just a sort of a survey of, of an introduction, if you will, about Ephesians and, and the place of it before we actually dive into, uh, just sort of do a broad survey and overview before we dive into chapter 1. But we know, based upon, um, based upon uh, Paul's introduction here in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1, that it was, in fact, the book was, in fact, written by the Apostle Paul. I mean, it's very clear. He clearly uh, claims that. He clearly names that. And he clearly wants us to understand that this letter has apostolic authority. It is binding. It is important to us because it is, it is, from, uh, it is from apostolic authority. But even more so than that, it is through apost or from apostolic authority that, he, that he, he writes this letter 
But even more than that, it is because God has so moved him by the Holy Spirit to pin these words so that they can understand the importance of, uh, of, of, what, uh, of what he is going to teach them, of what he's going to, to help them understand. We, we believe that Ephesians was written uh, sometime between the year of A.D. 60 and 64, uh, I know that that, uh, that A.D. and B.C. has really fallen by the way. A lot of times now you'll hear it called the um, uh, B.C.E. or the C.E. before Common Era and Common Era. But uh, no matter how many times you want to wipe out uh, Christ's effect on history, um, it is still the year of our Lord. Um, and uh, so we, we, want to, uh, we want to recognize that, that Paul was writing between the, eight, between the years of 60 and 64. He did so while in prison because Ephesians and along with Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon actually form what are known as the prison epistles. These were the epistles that Paul wrote, we believe, while in prison in Rome awaiting his first trial. And it's important that we understand this because Paul is going to write much of the blessings of God's people while he is being discomforted and while he is himself, um, see, at least seems like he is being robbed of these blessings. His, the reality is much different. Uh, the appearance may be one thing, but the reality is something quite different. And he's going to write to them. He writes to them, and, and, and by and large, uh, you know, we... we we today no longer know the the um, uh, the the ways of letter writing. Uh, letters have been replaced by and large by phone calls and text messages and emails and uh, other electronic correspondence. Uh, um, the the idea of of someone taking the time to sit down and write a letter by and large has really fallen by the wayside. But at this time, right, they, they didn't have emails, they didn't have computers, they didn't have um, electricity, they didn't have a lot of different things. Uh, they, they didn't have uh, uh, the Pony Express or anything else. They, uh, they did have good roads that, that, blessed, that they were blessed with. God used uh, to uh, communicate the gospel and send letters around the world via their, their version of the postal system. But yet uh, Paul wrote, does something that is very, very um, ununique in his time. It's a very common practice in the world that he lived in. He wrote a letter. He wrote a letter. He had had time to, um, uh, to, for them to hear of him. And, and of course, they, the church at Ephesus had, uh, had been influenced by a great number of, of uh, pastors who had been under the Apostle Paul's influence uh, uh, and those who hadn't. But uh, so, for instance, John was by, uh, we know by history, was, uh, um, was an elder in the church. The Apostle John was an elder at the church of Ephesus, was a pastor at the church of Ephesus. Timothy was a pastor at the church of Ephesus. And so God had used a great number of, of godly men, uh, as well as now Paul, to, to encourage them in their faithfulness. And it's funny that over the past century, past hundred years or, or more, hundreds, hundreds of, of papyrus letters have been discovered. And Paul availed himself of this, 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 this communication in order to stay in touch with, with churches, to send instructions to his co-workers, and he wanted them to understand what, what they were to do and how they were to live, how they were to conduct themselves, why he was not able to be with them. And it's interesting that Paul um, wrote this with, in, in the mindset of living in a very pagan society to remind them of their blessings to remind them of their, their blessings and as a result to live and to model the Christian faith in a very secular paganistic society, uh, all the while recognizing that there was a greater cosmic war 
that was occurring all around them. And let me say this. I would say that, uh, that if, if 5% of Christians... Um, five, if 5% of Christians thought that um, thought of what happened in Uvalde and other places as being demonic, I would be shocked. And yet, uh, while we certainly don't need to blame everything on, on demons and the demonic, um, certainly uh, Satan uh, influencing or, or in, uh, directing, if you will, um, uh, the, the effects of a, of a very wicked young man would not surprise me at all. Uh, and so we do understand that we live in the greater reality of the cosmic war that's all around us. We live, uh, Paul will go into great detail of that cosmic war, uh, both here and in the book of Colossians. Uh, he, he spends a great amount of time talking about the cosmic war that we are engaged in. And so as Ephesians sort of opens up, what we end up having is two halves of the book. We have the first half, which was very do- devoted to doctrine, that is, knowing what they should believe. And the second is that of, of right practice. So Paul wants the church at Ephesus to know, church at Ephesus, here's what you need to believe. And then as a result, this is how you need to be living. This is how you need to be acting. This is how you need to be, need to be living your life. You need to be doing this for the glory of God in all things. You need to be honoring Christ in all things. You need to be devoted not only to right doctrine, right? There, there's lots of people who would say they're devoted to right doctrine. But when you look at their life, there's, there's really very little practice of what they say they believe. Well, we call that a name. Jesus had a name for that, and he called that hypocrisy. The Pharisees had a great many right beliefs, but they had a great many wrong practices. And so we as God's people need to understand that we need not only need right doctrine, as important as that is, but as a result of right doctrine and right truth, we also need to live in light of that right doctrine, of that right truth. We can't just say we believe one thing and then do another. Uh, and so we, are, uh, we cannot uh, practice uh, hypocrisy in that sense. And so within these two divisions, then, we, we have some, some beautiful truths. Within the first, the first section of doctrine, uh, God, uh, God has inspired the Apostle Paul through his apostolic authority to write to the church to remind them of God's sovereignty and salvation and their blessings uh, within that sovereign grace that they have received. But he goes on and he tells them in chapter 2 not to forget the depravity of mankind. And he's very clear that mankind is, uh, apart from Christ, we are depraved, we are sinners, we not only sin, right, we are not only sinners actively, but we are sinners by birth, and as soon as we are able, we sin. And so we are sinners both passively as well as actively in our lives. And Paul is very clear that the reason this needs this, this sovereign grace must appear to us is because we are, apart from Christ, depraved and in need of God's grace and then he goes on in chapter 3 and he closes out the first section of of uh, of the right belief not only uh, with with the uh, not only with these first two teachings but also with the reality of the mystery of the church in chapter 3 and he, he brings a great deal, and, and we'll, we'll deal with those uh, in, in time. But the mystery of, of the church and, and the, the beauty of, of that mystery and, and all that God is doing and how he is working in the midst of, of, all, of all of this to, to, to reveal Christ and that the church would proclaim Jesus Christ as, as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And then within the second half of the book, in chapter 4, it opens up with uh, talking about the gifts that are given to the, to the church. 
and God's giftings that he has given to us and our calling as a result to live, uh, live holy lives, lives that are becoming of saints, the saints of God. And he tells us that we are to call to, to be men and women who not only employ their gifts, but the end result of the employing those gifts, the gifts that he has given us, is so that Christ can be proclaimed, Christ can be honored, and therefore our lives are to adorn the gospel. Our lives are to adorn the gospel. And as a result of that, then, he picks up this charge in chapter 5, verses 1 through 21, on this call, this great call to holiness. And then, beginning in chapter 5, uh, around verse 22, he, he actually begins to flesh that out and put, put flesh on the bones of, of the skeleton that he's laid out for them on holiness. And he actually begins to define the family unit. He actually begins to define what, uh, what the family is and, and uh, the way that we are to relate to one another at, within the family unit, that husbands are called to, to watch over and protect their wives, that wives are called to love and respect their husbands, and that husbands are called to love their wives as Christ loved the church, and that, that as a result, that there are to be children who obey their parents, and the, the, the fathers are not to exasperate the children, right? They're, they're, not to, they're not to treat them harshly. And all of this then is crouched in the closing, uh, in, in the greater conflict that, that closes out the book of Ephesians. And that is the reality of the Christian's battle and the victory that is ours in Christ. Uh, that's found in chapter 6, verse 10 through 24. And so that sort of gives us a, sort of a, a main overview of the book of Ephesians. I think if, if, if I had to say, if, if anything, uh, if, if we had to um, say a few key verses, I think one of the key verses here in Ephesians, uh, among many, is found in 